you for how you have begun to deal with us. We give you glory because you are the Almighty. We thank you because you are the creator of the whole and the entire universe and the maker of all things. Thank you, mighty King of Kings, because you have the first and the final say over the destiny of nations. Thank you, Lord, because whatever you have not destined cannot come near your children. Your protection is absolute. Your provision is certain. And that's why we come with every word of assurance. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus. We commit this hour into your hands, O Lord, as we come before your holy presence. We pray for an open heaven. The Lord will behold your face and it satisfies us. Have your way in the midst of your people. I surrender myself unto you, Lord, and just a guide. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will take over this congregation. That at the end, you and you alone will take all the glory. We bind the devil and all his cohorts and all distracting spirits. We cast them out of this arena. And we pray that all eyes and hearts be sanctified and ready for you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, mighty Jehovah. Take all the glory and all the praise. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we sit down? Today is a very special Sunday. In the sense that it's the Sunday that is introducing us to the Lent season. But beyond that, as a nation, today is very, very unique. And I want you to put on your battle shoes. Because this is the last Sunday before the election. Amen? And I want to thank the leadership of the church. It's very strategic and it's very prophetic. The fact that this election failed in this period shows that the result is already obvious. Nobody is saying amen. It's already obvious and the people are panicking. I don't know whether you have been following the social media you see that the enemy is panicking. Because the result is already obvious. I'm excited. Amen. Amen. So we have come to pray. We have come to seek the face of the Lord. But before then we need to look at his word briefly to inspire us. To intercede not just in the church now but even after you have gone home. To learn to pray for yourself, for your family and for this nation. Let's look at Colossians chapter 4. We are looking at always laboring in prayers briefly, and then we'll go on to pray. Colossians chapter 4, we'll read verse 2 and we'll read verse 12. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Continuing earnestly in prayer, be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And then verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. By way of introduction, the epistle to the Colossians, like letters to the Ephesians and Philippians and Philemon, was written during Paul's first imprisonment in Rome. The church had never been visited by Paul, as you will see in chapter 1, verse 7, and chapter 2, verse 1. But was believed to have been established by Epaphras, a man who is also believed to be from Colossae. You will see that in 
chapter 1 verse 7, chapter 4 verse 12, chapter 4 verse 13, and Philemon uh, verse 23. So it's not surprising to see him laboring fervently in prayer for them. Epaphras had gone to Rome to report a terrible virus that was trying to consume the church in Colossae. And there were three aspects of this virus. The church had been infected by what in theological circles they call it Judaistic Gnosticism. And this spiritual virus represents the worst of the Jewish and Greek thoughts then. But it's still continuing with us even today. Number one, it denied the issue of salvation. It said that salvation cannot also be obtained, can only be obtained through knowledge. And that is why when you read the book of Colossians, you find out that that word gnosis occurs also several times. Because they were talking about this knowledge of demons and angels, Paul had to bring the solution of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as the solution to counter that virus. And then number two, they thought about faith and believed that it's not materialistic. They don't have anything to show for it. It's useless. So if you say you are born again and you don't have a car, you're wearing tattered dress, and then you cannot even afford daily bread, and now your faith is useless. That's what they argue. They are very materialistic. Then number three, and of course, when I was looking at this, if you look at the Pentecostal message, the message from Pentecostal churches today, that is what is represented. You can see a pastor preaching and he will say, you see this is my shoe? I got it from Australia and this is going for 5,000 pounds. What am I doing with your shoe? What has your shoe got to do with the church? But that aspect of narcissism is still in the church today. And then number three, the issue of materialistic that matter was evil. They say that matter was evil. And that is why you see some of them pummeling their body. You can see that in aspect for those of us who have Catholic background. They say that matter is evil. And they say that between God and man, we are a series of angelic intermediaries. While they accept the transcendency of God, they deny his immanence. And that automatically also denies the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And I consider this to be the, the worst of all the uh, viruses that were introduced in the church in Colossus. They accepted that God was transcendent, but was not immanent. In the theological circle, they believed that he created the world. He left it to you and I to manage, and he went and just stayed in his throne and enjoyed himself. It has nothing to do with the earth. Because of that, he cannot intrude into the affairs of man through his son, Jesus Christ. So he denies the person of the Lord, Jesus Christ. He's just one of the angelic intermediaries. You know, then the last, the fourth, but the last one was the goal of man is simply to enjoy yourself. Just enjoy yourself. So this leads to two extremes, asceticism and unrestrained Licentiousness. And you see both of them in the church. Asceticism, in Catholicism, you'll find out that some people, you see them. Like when I was the Arusi of Aokigwe region, somebody came to come for faith. And he was saying that he was going to the, he was a monk, and he was going to monastery to go and um, pray at home. But it was late, and he decided to now branch in camp for faith. We tell him we don't accept monks here. 
He only accepts Christians. Say he was he not a Christian? I said the worst I can do for you, or the best I can do for you, is that you sleep at the gate with the gate men, and very early in the morning you go to your monastery. So you go to monastery, and there you do penance and the subjection of this body to all kinds of things. And then the other extreme is licentiousness. Just enjoy yourself, enjoy women, whatever you think is good. Just go ahead and do it. Even if somebody's life is involved, even if it means sleeping with somebody's wife and it, you feel good with it, just go ahead and do it. So that was why um, Epaphras had to go to Rome to go and report this situation to Paul. Unfortunately, church history has it that even when he went there, he himself was also arrested because he was a very powerful minister of the gospel. If you look at Philemon verse, uh, 23, you'll see that Paul called him my fellow prisoner, which means he himself also was in prison. He didn't come back to Colossae. So this letter that we are reading, and this always laboring, if somebody in prison was laboring for the church, then you who is free, why will you not labor? Amen. Can you talk to your neighbor and say, why will you not labor? It's compulsory that every one of us will be involved. And of course, the church is busy. We don't have the time to look at the situation of the church today. But we have a church where men of God, president founders, are being accused of immorality openly. And at the end of the day, it's proven to be true. It's not false. Like one of them that has been battling recently. I keep asking him, all this thing you are denying, why don't they go and accuse Paul in nature of sleeping with women? And he's a higher minister than yourself. You remember the other time at Deboe, a woman told him that he, was, he knows his hotel room and he was going to sleep with him at U.S. As old as he is, you still have a woman pursuing him, threatening him. But we thank God that I believe that his case was not true. So the church is in a very terrible state that needs your intercession. Even that point alone is enough for you to have sleepless nights to stand on the gap on the behalf of the church. What does it mean to labor? It is taken from the Greek word kopos, meaning to toil, resulting to weariness. We're not talking about prayer, we're talking about laboring. So it's a different thing. You can just pray. This is why you pray when you want to eat. Or you utter some prayers when you want to sleep. That's not what we are talking about. Or you are on a journey as you are driving, you are praying. That one is good though. But we are talking about laboring. That will extract something from you even physically. So it talks about resulting to weariness. Laborous toil. Trouble. To agonize. Dictionary defines this as to do hard physical work. The process of giving birth to a baby. So you look at all these things, you find that none of them is easy. In Luke chapter 22, verse 24, it was said of our Lord Jesus Christ that he prayed until sweat on his face turned to drops of blood falling down to the ground. And then in Luke chapter 9, verse 29, we are told that his appearance was altered. People who were there, they could not behold his face. And the same thing happens with you when you stay long in the presence of God. You find out that when you come out, like the case of Moses, even your fellow Christians cannot withstand you. Talk less unbelievers. I was counseling a sister once, and she said an unbeliever came and said he was going to marry her. I said, you have already backslidden. For an unbeliever to even have boldness to come and tell a daughter of Zion I want to marry you, you're already an unbeliever. Because if the glory of God was on your face, that unbeliever cannot have that infantry. So when you study in his presence, it rubs off on you the same way it did on Moses, the same way it did on the Lord Jesus Christ. John Knox prayed 
Give me Scotland or I die. We are told that he kept praying until the heat from his body had to melt ice when he was kneeling. The heat that was coming out from his body melted ice that was around him. And no wonder Mary of Scotland, Queen Mary of Scotland, speaking of John Knox, said that he fears the prayer of John Knox than the whole army of Scotland combined. Can that be said of you? Can the priest, the, all those idol worshippers in your village, Juju priests, say that they fear the prayer of Julie more than the gods of their village? Because your presence there dislocates them and makes them not to operate. It was said of James, the brother of Jesus, that he prayed until his knees became hardened like Camel's knee. That was why he was nicknamed Old Camel's Knees. Another example is the black spot. You know one of the ways you know Muslims, when you see them, you see what? You see a black spot on their face. That is the effect of hitting your head on the ground. And these are people who say they are worshipping idols. But you can see the mark of their religion on them. It will be a mark of Christianity on you. Can we see you as you are moving and know that this person is a child of God? Not just talking about dressing. This professor of ours, when we were at the seminary, said he went to go to the post office to go and buy stamp. So when he got there, he saw this girl with painted lips. He just despised her. This one is an unbeliever. I went to the one that was dressed like a deeper life. I said, please, can I use your beak? <laughs> so, the other one that he despised, his painted list, now beckoned on him to come. He said he went to collect beak from that one with shame, because if the girl knew what he had in his heart, towards that, he wouldn't have given him. So, it's not all about dressing. You look like holy wedgie, but at the end of the day, what comes from you is venom. That's not what we are talking about. But... Your Christianity must have a mark on you, both spiritually and physically. So what's the mark of your labor for the master? If you look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 17, Paul said, let nobody trouble me, for I bear where? Did he say in my spirit? So I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We don't have civilians in Christianity. We are supposed to be militants. If you look at Exodus chapter 13, verse 9, and also verse 16, when the children of Israel were to leave the land of Egypt, the Lord told them that they have to be a sign on their hand, which will serve as a memorial to their children. There must be something that happened to you. In the case of Jacob, you remember that his sinew was dislocated. And up to tomorrow, the Israelites don't really eat the flesh around that area. That is the sense of struggle, the sense of laboring in the presence of God. So there must be a mark on you. There must be something that you can tell others around that because of my worship of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's why this is like this. Lily remains the boast posture in making petitions to the Father. Some of us no longer want to kneel down when we are praying. We try to theologize. Yes, it's good to stand, it's good to walk around, it's good to... But pray, uh, kneeling down to pray serves as humility on our part. And it also depicts owing the Father in awe. One of the best definitions of prayer that I personally prefer... Is that prayer is a sign of saying, I can no longer do it. I depend on you. And that is why kneeling is the best posture for it. You are telling the Father, I cannot do it. But if you go on, you are not praying. You are telling God, I am independent of you. I don't need you. I don't need your help. Amen. Actually, the statement I am going to make is very controversial. And I want you to listen very carefully. Brother 
actually this call to labor in prayer is reserved for the priests. I wish I had the time, would have argued it. But I'll just talk from my own point of view because there's no time. The next question you might ask is who is the priest? Who is the priest? If you look at Exodus chapter 19, we are not reading this passage because we don't have the time. From verse 5 to 6. You find out that it reveals to us God's original eternal plan. They were supposed to be a nation of priests. And he says it was the first biblical occurrence of the world kingdom. Referring to a divine rule and the beginning of theocratic kingdom. So the priests are supposed to rule. And the entire nation were supposed to be a kingdom of what? Priests. Didn't say some people will be priests and others will just be there watching them or praying for them to function. They were supposed to be a nation of priests. A holy nation. In the New Testament, you are referred to as royal priests. It's not just a play of words. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Royal priests is not a play of the English word. It is actually what it means. It depicts royalty and priesthood. And you know that we are told that in the word of the king, there is what? There is power. Like we are having an election that is coming. You are not supposed to be pleading. You can, on your knees, control Mahmoud, the type of result he will declare. Are you aware of that? When you go to Psalm 149, I think we will get there and we will talk more about it. You have authority. Except that some of us have refused to utilize that authority. If you look at the book of Galatians chapter 4, Paul talked about the head that is apparent to the throne because he's still a minor. He does not know his left from his right. And that is why you see all kinds of things happening around him and he could not change things. The Lord used the Obi of Agba to actually teach me more on that Galatians chapter 4. The Obi of Agba, when he was small, he was just said I was not even up to primary school, uh, um, nursery school age when the father died. So he was adopted by the Amanaba Kolokwala at Benin. And they were using Bender State's government vehicle to carry him to school with the police oddly. And when he's playing with his colleagues on the sand, they just put slide and they will fall and start crying. He didn't know that he had the power to tell this oddly to arrest this boy, arrest the mother and the father. And they would like, wish they said, a prince, he will be crying because he was ignorant. That is how some of us are. The authority that has been given to us, we are not utilizing it. And that's why when malaria is flying over, <laughs> it will come. <laughs> uh, COVID-19, it will come. Some of us never really believed in it. Because you don't believe in it, it doesn't have anything to do with you. So many people died. I lost so many of my friends, very dear to me, Christians. Burn your heart. Those diseases cannot find place in your body. When your heart, your nations will be under your control, your family, you will be at the gates. Of course, the father is the chief priest of the family. You remain at the gates and no intruder can inf- come into your family when you are there. Amen. So that royal priesthood is not just a play on English word. It is a reality about your life. If you look at Revelation chapter 5 verse, verse 10, it's still repeated there. 
the kingly priest, and has made us kings and priests unto himself. And we shall reign where? If you look at that Revelation 5.10, it says we shall reign where? In the earth. It didn't say it's when we get to heaven. Amen? Do you know that as a medical doctor, you don't need to depend so much on those drugs that you are predicting, uh, prescribing for your patients. The first thing you should do is to lay hands on your patients and pray. The other one should be a follow-up, not the other way around. Amen. Thank you. Are we together? As a teacher, it is not your expertise that is going to teach your, those your children. While you pray for them at home, in the school, they pray. I was teaching uh, some children in Onicha. And some of them are taking GC three, four, five times. And so, I was teaching them English. And this particular year, I copied the question from Aka and gave to them after praying. And I told them in the class, anybody that will study this comprehension and master every bit of it is going to pass this English. I know that those people will say, this man is always a Christian, but only a merciful. <laughs> because even more that gave it to them, I didn't know it was going to come out to Waek. It came out verbatim. I didn't know that Waek can do that type of thing with English. They repeated the question as I gave it to them in the class. But unfortunately, by the time the result was coming out, I was already working in the bank. They came to the bank to come and thank me and bring gifts for me there. All of them, people who have been taking GC for four years, declared their English. Whatever you are doing in life, you bring prayer into it, you are bound to succeed. Amen. God is the king of the kingdom. We are his representatives here on earth. Princes and princesses. Every one of us seated here that has been born again. You are a prince. You are a princess. There is no two ways about it. I don't have the time to be sharing testimonies and I will tell you. But one of the times I was returning from Abuja, I think I said it here. And I met this policeman. That after Jokuta, the, the, this lane was bad. You crossed over to the other lane. As I was crossing over, I don't know what got into his head. Because other people were crossing. He said, why didn't you continue in that lane? I said, are you not aware that it is bad? So he said, are you higher than Obasanjo? That Obasanjo was the president. I said, yes. So I'm a priest of the Most High God. He cocked his gun. And I said, yes, I won't know what I said. That it's only a foolish man that argues with the man with the gun. I told myself, this man cannot understand, so I just kept quiet. But the truth about it, Abbasanjo was a member of First Baptist Church, Garki, and I was a priest. He was under me, then he's the president of Nigeria. But I'm talking of that, the physical, but even generally, spiritually, Buhari is under your control. Amen? Yeah. You are the representative of God. He is only the president of Nigeria. In the house, I went to U.S. And George Bush, I can't remember whether it was senior or junior, I think it was senior. Ask him to pray for him. Say, how dare you stand before the man of God? Get on your knees. Number one president of the world. Because the man went to his knees. And he laid hands on him. Standing up and telling me to pray for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We are representing God. And it should get into our heads. Like I said, let's look at that. Psalm 149. So that we read that one. So that it don't seem that as if I'm talking from my head. The statement in that Psalm 149 that thrills me much is in that verse 9. It says that this honor have all his saints. It didn't say some. It didn't say our brethren that are up at my back. See what I call them? My brethren. Because you see this. This is here. This is here. 
that is not a brother, he's going to hell. I hope you know that. Before you can be answering priest and go to hell. If you are not a brother, I listen to me. So it is brother. So I said, This is my brethren. It's not insults. That is higher than priesthood. So look at that Psalm 149. From verse 5. If you are there, you can read for us. Psalm 149. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praise of God be in their mouths. And a two-edged sword in their hand. To do what? To execute vengeance on the nations. And punishment on the peoples. To bind their kings with chains. And their nobles with fetters of iron. Verse 9. Can we read verse 9 together? You see it. This honor have all he said. It doesn't matter whether you are one year old or you are one month old in the Lord. You have great power. You have great authority. From the king of kings and the lord of lords. You just need to arise and execute it. Amen. Amen. What is the place of our vicar and the chaplain in this matter? I am not qualified to say anything about that. But I will refer this. To a higher authority. If you have read the compendium by our Archdeacon, Archbishop, he said this in the Shepherd's Vision and Mission, the compendium of his grace, the Archbishop Tukuma. He wrote, Prayer is the priest's primary obligation to the church. Number two, prayer is the only condition under which the work of the Christian ministry can be properly done. Quoting Evelyn Underhill, the Archbishop wrote, the man whose life is colored by prayer, whose loving communion with God comes faith, will always win souls because he shows them in his life and person. His grace concluded, the first step towards deepening the life of prayer in a parish is to deepen it in the life of the priest. The shepherd who must go before the people and lead them to God. The people will learn the secret of prayer by that which he does, not by that which he says. I'm quoting the Archbishop. This applies to all unitaries in this church. The men's fellowship, the women's fellowship, the SS Sunday school, the teens' church. Whether it's newcomers that you're heading, if you're heading a unit in this church, you're automatically the pastor of that unit, you are the priest of that unit. And so you have to lead them through prayer. And when you can bring it, that's why I like the pattern of this church. At the beginning of the year, you know they are all the units are expected to hold their retreat, is it not? And I just believe that there's no unit that holds retreat and the head has gone traveled. And if you know you are traveling as a head, shift the dates. Because you have to lead them by example. Are we together? And that is how we can spark off revival. That's how the church can be active and functional. When everybody is said in a department is a prayer warrior because the owner of the work is God. And when you are praying, you are bringing reports of that department to him. Hallelujah. That's why I don't envy our priests. I keep telling them. Because those, they don't have the time. There are those others who are what we call full time. We don't even know that full time is another issue. 
Yeah, most, all of them here are doctors. But this our daddy cannot sleep because of your problem. Because of my problem. You hear that any member of the church is sick. Ezali will go and sleep sound in the night. He cannot sleep. If you don't know it, hear it today. And that's why we also need to be upholding them in prayer. Because they don't say they have needs also. Hallelujah. Let's look at the Paphras example and that of Paul and that of our Lord Jesus Christ and then we'll begin to round up. The examples of Epaphras, Paul and the Lord. There are so many examples in the Bible but just look at this three. Why the earthly things are important? The most we must know that the priority focus of our prayer our prayer labors must be what these men who have gone before us labored for. Though they operated in a time of intense persecution, their concern was for the eternal repose of the source of their prayer focus. Let's look at John chapter 6, verse 26 to 29. We may not read it because of time. But suffice it to say that Jesus Christ looked at those crowd that were following him and said, Look, you are not following me because you have seen a, a sign. They are just following me because of food which perish. And he advised them, which I want to tell you this morning, that they should seek for food that does what? That they last to eternal life. That is what you should seek. And they asked him, what should we do that we might do the will of God? And he said, believe on him whom the Father has sent. I don't know whether there's anybody in this church that still disputes the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go and read the book of Colossians. Because on him that the Father has put everything. And that's why it says you are complete in him. When you have Jesus, you have everything in life. And that's what he told them to seek. In Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to, 20, to 31. You will find out that these people, they were in prison over what were they praying for. He said that God should grant them boldness. To speak his word. That was what they were praying. They didn't pray for God to release them. They prayed that God would stretch out his hands. And heal the sick. They prayed for signs and wonders. To be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't pray for. For them to be released. And if you look. At Hebrews chapter 11 verse 35. It said that some people. Even when there was instrument of deliverance. They refused. Because they were seeking a place. But some of us just a little pain. You'll be full of complaints. Like the Israelites that we read this morning in the daily guide. Full of complaints. Amen. So apart from us in Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. We are told that he prayed. Look at the English word. Earnestly. He, he was vigilant. And he was laboring fervently. If you look at Matthew chapter 7, from verse 13 to 14, the Bible says that the way to heaven is what? It's hard. It's difficult. There is this simple chorus that says, My journey to heaven is weary and long. The tiny and narrow ways all are sloping. A thousand times I stumbled. Temptation threatens my path. Beyond the sky my Savior washes. He says, come, my son, on words, on words, your wounds I will heal 
with eternal rest. This journey is hard. Anybody that tells you that it is easy, that means it's not really involved. It's still enjoying these earthly pleasures. But the hymn writer said it pays to serve Jesus. I speak from my heart. At the end of the day, there is reward, like we have seen in our team. There is very great reward. But it is hard. And for them that pay the price, the master will certainly reward. In the name of Jesus. So you find Epaphras laboring. Like I told you earlier, he was also himself with Paul. But he was concerned about the church in Colossae. And he was laboring very hard for them. In prayers. That they may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. That was his prayer point for them. And we still need to do that. Labor for this church. Labor for the church in Nigeria. Labor that all those viruses we mentioned earlier on will be eradicated in the church in Nigeria and make the church in Nigeria to be unified. We will pray about that as we get to time of praying. Then the case of Paul, if you look at Galatians chapter 4 verse 19, he says, My little children, in whom I labor, again until Jesus Christ is formed in you. Labor. He didn't say who I pray for. He said whom I labor. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 to 21, um, Ephesians 3, 13 to 21, you will see his prayers for the church in Ephesus. And then the admonition to pray in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 to 19 uh, to 20. Somebody that you will consider that was in chains is asking for utterance, is asking for boldness to declare the gospel. And I want you to take note of this statement. When the glory and sovereignty of God is placed first, answers must follow. It's just natural. When it is not the mundane things that you are concerned with, but it's that God may be glorified. Miracles will just naturally follow. If you look at 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36 to 39, when Elijah had to tell them, the prophets of Baal, they prayed for fire to come. There was no fire. Then when he brought his own sacrifice, he told them to pour water. They finished. He said, pour it again until the thing came and covered the whole sacrifice. What was the prayer? Very simple. God, show forth yourself that the people may know that you are what? That you are God. Adam, you are prophet. The sovereignty of God. When his honor is at stake, God comes in to act. And of course, fire came and the water became fuel. Hallelujah. In the case of Esther, there was an edict that was going to wipe a whole nation. By the way, I hope you are aware that the evil man is under threat of extinction. Are you aware of that? Some of us are not aware. I posted something like that in men's fellowship and some people were arguing. I just had to leave it off. We are under threat, whether we want to deny it or not. We are hated intensely in this nation, especially by the Fulani. By little, my little knowledge, at least I was one before the war. I carried my own, my, my, my young, my small, my junior brother, I used to carry him when we were, during the war, when we were running. So that would give you an idea that uh, I with <laughs> So I know a little bit of what I am talking about. Without the evil man, the Quran would have been dipped in the Atlantic Ocean. I've lived in almost all parts of this country. The two persons that have hindered the fulfillment of Islamic agenda for this nation are the evils and the thieves. And the Kifugo tells you, are you aware of the killings going on in Benue? Even Atom himself had almost been killed and he ran for his dear life. They pursued him. But I don't know. God has been so merciful to us in Ibu land. 
So the Jews were under threats. And the, 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 the edict to wipe them away had been signed. I don't have the time to go into the details. But it has been signed. And one of them was in the palace answering queen. And Mordecai came to him and said, look. Go and tell you. They said, why, is he, why did he tear his dress? He told them, look at, look at something has been written. He said, he said, go and tell the king whether he will reverse it. He said, you want me to commit suicide? Don't you know that the law of this land, if I go without being invited, that, that, that is death. And it's true. Mordecai, look at the lady. Eh? Go and tell her that if she does not act, God is going to send uh, help from another source. But herself and her family will be wiped away. That was why whether 416 came up, where I consider one of the sublime statements in the whole of the scriptures. He said, go and fast. You people will go and fast. Myself and my mates will fast for three days. And after that, I will go to the king. And if I... We need to come to that train. This election of 2025, we need to begin to utter such statements. 2023. <laughs> you people should pardon me. After all, Tinubu said that he has been elected January 25th. Take your, your PVC. So on January 25th, go and vote for me. Didn't you hear it? On January 25th. Praise the Lord. So on Saturday... Something is going to happen. This thing we are doing here just to motivate you. How many hours do you spend in the church? So most of the things we are saying here, you're going to carry it out with your family. You go there, hold hands together, leave your food. Some of us have been waiting on the Lord from January. Every morning we go to pray one hour from January till today. It's only on Sundays we don't meet because you have to go to church. It is serious. And when he appeared before the king, did the king kill her? King said, say anything you want, I'm going to do it. He said, let him and come and eat with me. And then, and they came, they ate. After they finished eating, there was an interregnum. There was an interruption of the heavens in the affairs of men. And it still happens today. There's going to be an interruption of the heavens in Nigeria in the name of Jesus. The heavens interrupted and sleep was taken away from the king. And like Abasha, he had to start walking on the files in the night. You know, Abasha don't walk in the day. In the day, he stays with Jeremiah Hussein and they were going about drinking and enjoying themselves. He was doing his work in the night. They brought the fight and he looked. The intervention of heaven. Somebody who did something good. Rather than being rewarded, it was the enemy that was rewarded. Go and look at chapter, the end of chapter 2. Crossing over to chapter 3. At the chapter 2, Mordecai did something that was very awesome. Saving the life of the king. But from chapter 1, it was Haman that was promoted. Because God was reserving that promotion for the best time. Hallelujah. And so the king could not sleep. And so that night, he saw the record of Mordecai and asked the servant, what has been done for this man? He said, nothing, no. He just wrote his name there and kept it in the shelf. Say, who is there among his servants? He said, Haman is there waiting to see you. What did he come to do? To hang Mordecai. And the king called him and said, you are a good man. What should be done to the person the king is pleased to honor? He said, ah, this king has promoted me above every other person. And the queen is even inviting us for lunch. No other person, only me. Who else will the king be pleased to honor? He said, let the horse that the king rides be brought before him. And let the most preferred servant carry him and put him on that horse. And then sing around the whole city. This is how it is with the man that. That's how Mordecai was put on the horse. And Haman, who was the big man, was the one following him. Hallelujah. 
And that's how the edict was reversed and Haman was hung on that gallows that he prepared for Mordecai. All the people that have prepared gallows against your life shall be hung on it and you continue to work strong. In the name of Jesus! Fear not. Because you are a priest of the Most High God. When the heavens intervenes or intrudes in the affairs of men, miracles take place. We call it miracle, but before God is a normal way of life. Hallelujah. If you look at Daniel chapter 6, the same thing happened. You also discover that the king also suffered insomnia. In Daniel chapter 6, in verse 10, we are told that Daniel prayed three times when the edict was signed. But if you look at verse 19, you find that the king did not sleep. Very early in the morning, he went to the lion's den, which means, oh, he ran up and, Hallelujah. Amen. The king did not sleep. Because of his servants. When we labor in prayer, we bring down the hand of God to intervene in our affairs. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Comes before give us this day our daily bread. Have you seen it? Our lost prayer. So the glory and the person of honor and the program and the purpose of heaven, when you keep it first, there is no way you will not receive miracles. There will no way you will not live in another realm. When people are talking about bad economy, it will not be your portion. Hallelujah. How should we pray? Or what should we pray about? Prayer for souls and the building of the church of God. We are often told that prayer changes things. But much more than that, prayer changes lives. While prayer can change your condition and situation, your main ambition as a laborer in prayer is that your life and the lives of those you labor for might be changed eternally. That is much more important. I often tell people, this man is blind and you pray and he receives the sight and goes to hell. What have you benefited him? And this man died like Hezekiah. He was given an additional 15 years. Do you know that that 15 years was a 15 years of disaster? Because it was within that 15 years that What's his name? The most wicked king that Judah ever had. What's his name? Manasseh was born. Go and read the records. Manasseh was more wicked than any other king that ruled Judah. He was killed and brought idols into the temple of God. Which no other king in Judah has ever done. It was a disaster. So extra life is not important. When God calls you home, just go. People are laughing. <laughs> And I always tell my wife, <laughs> I'll tell her what to do when I die. She said, I should not be talking like that. But it's a certainty. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I have a book in my shelf, and the author said that death takes us by surprise. Because when we plan every other thing, buying car, the year you marry, giving birth to children, you don't plan death. For me, I plan death. <laughs> I have an uncle that um, he dug his grave and that of the wife while he was still alive. You know, I can't even. If you go to his compound, you see he dug his grave and that of the wife. It was existing before he died. His grave and that of a lion. So we must all die. 
I mean, for me, that is a good news. Even if it happens now, I'm so happy. I'll just go. So don't... The moment, the only thing holding me here is my ministry. When I'm done with it, I go. Because if we say that place is more glorious, why are you not anxious to get there? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, apart from praying for the church and the expansion of the church, pray for the propagation of the gospel and the extension of the frontiers of the church. Pray for visions. And when you are involved in it, you find out that it impacts upon your health. It impacts upon your views of these ephemeral things of, the, of this world. When you intercede and stand on the gap for missionaries and those who are laboring in the mission field, you find out that it impacts upon your health. I'm telling you the truth. The things of this world become sublime to you. Pray for more laborers and revival in the church. Psalm 86 verse 85 verse 6. I'm rushing because I want us to go into prayers. Pray for the revival in the church. We need revival. Pray for utterance for the ministers. Ephesians 6, 19-20. Paul asked for it. Pray for supplication for all the saints. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Also, the Bible admonishes us to pray for one another. Labor for those in authority. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 4, 1 to 4. There was a time we prayed, a very unified prayer in this country. And we gave Abasha two options. We prayed for him to repent. I personally labored for him to repent. Or, he will die. Let me be very frank with you. When he died, you know, I was in one We came to the road, we were dancing. And suddenly, it occurred to me that the sinner had gone to hell. I stopped dancing. I went back to my house. I was weeping for him. Pray for those in authority. You can imagine a person like Buari giving his life to Christ. I used to pray for, um, what do you call him? Um, Babangida. One of the days, I had already planned to drive into his house. I tried to get a reason I would tell the security men at the gate. I didn't get what I would tell them I'm coming to do there. I had already planned that is his top mansion in Mina. I was already heading on that road. I said, what would I tell the security before I get there? I had to revise. Which will intercede for those in authority, no matter how wicked they are. God can lay hands on any of them. Pray for forgiveness of sins and healing of our nation. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 to 15. Pray for the sick. First Kings 5, 7 to 14. And James chapter 5, verse 15. I want you to listen to this one. Exercise apostolic prayer of judgment. This is the one that some of us don't agree with. But I believe so much in it. Like I said, we gave Abacha the option of repenting or dying. He chose to die. We didn't kill him. Pray for apostolic prayer of judgments and miracles. If you look at James chapter 5, verse 17 to 18, the Bible tells us that Elijah was a man like us. He bears the same nature with you. That's exactly how Elijah was. Eh? The same nature. And the Bible says that he prayed. If you go and look at 1 Kings chapter 17, he didn't say according to the word of God. What did he say? He said there should be no rain in Israel. According to what? According to my word. Because he is a priest. And did it happen? The Bible says that God carries the words of his messengers, the counsel of his messengers. And he respects the word of his servants. Isaiah chapter 44. 
anyone that refuses to execute that um, first Kings chapter 18 that we referred to earlier, we are not reading because of time. You will see how he told them, when he told the people that the kings, they, they should summon the Baal and all those people, they should come and the people should choose you to worship. They were just looking at him. But when he now said that these people will now come and make their offering, he himself will make his own offering. The one that now consumes the offering without putting fire, let him be God. The people shouted, hey! And by the time he finished, he slaughtered all those false prophets. Amen. And at the end of the day, after his prayer, did the rain come? Rain came. If ever had rock with you, because you remember that when he was sending his servants away any sign. Do you remember? He said he several times away any sign. But when he now saw the finger of something that looked like rain, faith. We are going to conclude with the things you need to aid prayers. And one of them is faith. When he saw the finger, he now told the king to rush you because Miriga and Mekwaga overtake. And the king rushed in his chariots. You know that there was something we call overtaking anointing that happened there. Do you observe it? Yamajoko reached Samaria before Onyeji chariots. That's what laboring in prayer can do. When you finish laboring, you will be operating in a realm which people around you cannot understand. In my village, they just think I am stubborn. Because I refuse to initiate. If I have leprosy. People don't want their children to associate with you. One woman told the son to come near me. No chorokode kamunga. I just run ukwani aga scripture union. When the woman now discovered that I was a member of scripture union, he brought Reverend Father and warned the son never to go to my house. <laughs> Mike he warned him. The virus. <laughs> Unassociate with him, and that's how Mike was banned from. Okay, withdraw. Amen. When Paul comes into a place, they will say, Those pestilent fellows have come. The people that turn the world upside down. But some of us want to be accepted by these hidden, wicked people around us. It shouldn't be. There was this chief engineer at Federal Polytechnic people when I was working there. The wife, I know if I know the gospel. So we had to pray for him to fall sick. You know, I told you that some, this one, not all of us agree. We fought, when he fell sick, he was the one begging us to come. And we went to hospital and then he listened to the gospel. <laughs> you know, they live in Enugu here, in independent layout. We had to. There's this lady that I went to preach when we were in school, when we were student. I went to the hostel. And she said she's already a Christian, this and that. But this were these girls that wear these dirty jeans. In those days, and trouble the campus. I said, if you die, where are you going to spend your eternity? You were just looking at me. I prayed and I left. By 6 p.m., they came to male hostel to come and call me. That she was on admission in the hospital. When I went there, look at the father, look at the mother. I was shivering. Because I was saying, if this girl had told the parents that I asked her, if you die now, where are you going to spend your eternity? Go with him, Maria. <laughs> your word is powerful. During our youth service, she's aware of it. We are going, because every day we are holding prayer meeting. We are going for prayer. And this is our member, okay? He was washing whites. I told him, let me bring my own for him to wash. He said, no, that is washing only white. If I have white, I can bring. He said, okay. He went to prayer meeting. By the time we finished prayer meeting, we were coming back. This same brother, 
when they had Kilichara in the morning, was shivering. Terrible fever. something happened. Do I know that a fellow copper came to this place, Ibadopoli, and said that he's the one responsible for the fever that is on him. That they stole his iron. If you know Ibadopoli, the hostel, their own hostel is very far from Kokeha. They stole his iron. He asked his roommates, and all of them denied. So he now invokes this in the person that appeared on the mirror. The devil is a liar. Is this brother that has never been to that hostel? And then he used a pin to kill him. When they pin the person, he's supposed to die. But they pinned him, okay, they didn't die. So he got afraid and used that their spiritual assistant to trace his room and came to him. Oh, John Meriwajibiyama admits that he's the one responsible. He said, okay, let's go. He went to his room. He was not there. I told his roommates to tell him that he has to report himself. That if he didn't report himself, he was going to die. And we left. Then later we heard that the copper was on admission at the clinic. We went there, he was the boy. And he refused to come. Of course, they carried him home. He died. That was when I stopped talking anyhow. <laughs> Before I say it, I have to weigh it very, very well. Before I say it, because your word... It's powerful. We have to begin to execute the judgment that is written. You remember that Psalm 149? He said we should execute the judgment that is written by the kings with fetters. Hallelujah. As we pray, we are going to control INEC chairman. We're not going to plead with them. The security agents, they are going to act according to our directions. Amen? Amen. Mahmoud will call the result that we dictate. I don't know whether some of us have seen the result of the election of Saturday. It's so sweetened. The person that sent it to me, I told him I'm already feeling so good. So good. You know, the major complainants are Tunubu, Atiku, they are all complaining that why should Peter Baby be declared the winner? And then what is his name? This barrister that he talks anyhow, the one following Tunubu. What is his name? Now Gani, anything like that, Gani Kiamo! Kiamo said he was going to do this, was going to, but one thing I took note, nobody said he's going to court. Because the result is so obvious. Hallelujah. I was praying for a minimum of 60% in all the states of the federation. One boy that was reading, one small boy that was reading prayer one of the days, said 60% in all the local governments. I now changed my prayer. I joined him. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the result will be so obvious that going to court will be stupidity. Hallelujah. So this is apostolic authority that we are exercising, which the Almighty has given to us. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can pray about anything and everything. In First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, you see Jabez, he prayed. He said, Oh Lord, bless me. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me and with me. Keep me from pains and make me not to be an stumbling block unto others. And of course, the Bible said that God heard him. Pray for anything. Hallelujah. In conclusion, in prayer, you trample upon serpents and scorpions. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke chapter 11, 21 to 22. And release the captives. Release the captives I have held under all these years. Aids to prayer, number one, Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, 26 to 27. Number two, the word of God. The word of God is the raw material of prayer. If you are a prayer warrior, you labor in prayer, you cannot consume the word of God. Then your prayer cannot be effectual. Because you recall to God what his word has said. You call to him for his promises to come to pass. 
And of course, they must come to pass. Number three is faith. Mark chapter 3 verse 23 and Mark chapter 11, 22 to 24. Then number four is holiness. Holiness, my time is up. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8, James 5, 16. Finally, number five, two or three. That's one thing people don't know. When two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Matthew chapter 16, 18 to 19. And 18, 18 to 20. We don't have the time. But if you look at Genesis chapter 11, you'll find out that there's something God said that is dangerous. These people, they were building tower to go to heaven. Did God say they cannot do it? God said that this thing that people, these people have begun to do, what they have proposed in their heart, because they are united, they will achieve it. In other words, if you allow this, they will dethrone this heaven. What did he do? He went to scatter their language. There is power in united prayer, even as we have come this morning. Whatever we are going to decree now, please believe it. Don't doubt it. Amen? Anyone we are uttering and you don't believe, don't neutralize it, just find your way towards the back there. So that you don't neutralize our prayers. Amen? Assurance of prayer. Second Chronicles 7.14 We can all quote it. Luke chapter 11 9 to 13 and then of, of course chapter, uh, if you begin from verse 5 to 10, when he talked about a friend, then he talked about your, father, uh, your child asking for bread, uh, then you're giving him serpent and all that. John chapter 16, 23 to 27, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will do it. In fact, Jesus even vowed here that he was not going to pray for you because the father loves you. So you ask anything in his name and you receive it. Amen. Then what, uh, 1 John chapter 3 verse 22. Whatever we ask, we receive. Conclusion. The prayer of the saints are like golden vials full of odors, sweet smelling savour upon the golden altar before the throne. That you see in Revelation 5, 8 and Revelation 8, 3. Let's keep offering this savour unto the master, irrespective of our physical conditions. Remember that faith is one of the things that enhance prayer. We don't look at your physical situation. So can we stand on our feet as we pray? The first prayer you need to pray is the grace to pray. The disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ came to him and they said, teach us to pray. That thing you people call the uh, lost prayer is not our lost prayer. It is the disciples' prayer. Because he taught them and it's the disciples that were supposed to pray. The, what is actually supposed to be referred to as the lost prayer is in John chapter 17. Where Jesus himself prayed. So as for the grace, the disciples asked him the capacity to pray, to stand on the gap for your family, for yourself. When you are sick, the first thing that should occur to you is to call upon God. Remember there was an Israel, a king in Israel. He told the prophet to go and tell him because you went to go and look for solution in another God. You want to hold it to face, then you will die of that sickness. The first thing that should occur to you is to call upon God. Labor in prayer. Even the drug you are going to take. Pray over it first. Ask the Lord for the grace to pray. Some people are just looking at me. We are praying. Today is prayer day. Ask God for the grace to pray. For the grace, the grace to stand on the gap. Our nation is in this sorry situation because the church has not labored. I should be held responsible. You should be held responsible. Because that is right as all the, the saints. Pray for the grace to labor in prayer. 
Secondly, pray for this church. That this church will be a praying church. Pray for our leaders, the vicar, and all the priests with him. That they will pray in people. Pray for the various departments. That they will learn when they come for their meetings. So spend quality time. Laboring for the, that unit. Laboring for this church. There is no rocket science about it. When we do that, the results will be very obvious. When we come to church, we see the results. Pray for the choir. They will bring anointed singing. You can see the intro this morning. It was very awesome. You can see the ambient of the presence of God in the congregation. Because of our time, I will begin to pray concerning February 25th, which is just this Saturday, which is around the corner. Pray for the electorates. There are two types of electorates that are going to appear. Those who want to willingly vote for God's choice. Pray for them that they will come in their numbers. None of them will be sick. Nothing will hinder them. Their PVCs will be intact. Their pulling units will be the one that where they have been designated, not the one that is shifted. Because we are told that there is a cancellation of up to 240 pulling units. And those who are above 750 will be carried to another pulling unit. All these confusions will not affect those who are going to vote for God's choice candidates. Pray! There is another group of electorates. Those ones we have to use apostolic authority over them. Pray that when they come to, to vote, they will not vote according to their will. God will direct them to his anointed candidates. They will vote for him. Not willingly, but by force. If you recall the Election of Pope John Paul. If you have read in God's name, you will know that some of the cardinals that went to the conclave, they said they don't know what overcame them and they voted for somebody they even hated to become the Pope. God is interested in election in nations. The Bible says that He ruled over the affairs of men and He can give it to the business of them. God has a choice candidates. And all the electorates must vote him. Pray against tribal sentiments of any kind. From Adamawa to Bornu, to Bauchi to Igombe, to Yobe States, to Jigawa, to Sokoto, to Kanu, Katsina, Kaduna, to Kebi, to Niger State, Kwara, Plateau, Taraba State, Kogi, and Benue States. Nasarawa states, they must all vote massively. Pray for the use of this nation. They must vote for God's choice candidates. That is so obvious who will bring about a turnaround of a new Nigeria. Thank you, Jesus. Pray against violence of any kind. Pray that the security agents will do their work. They will be there. 
to provide security, not to harass anybody. Pray that they will not compromise. Even if they have com- cons- collected the gunje, they will not compromise. Because the angels of heaven will control the activities that day. There will be no violence, no rerun. It will be a peaceful and a fair election. And of course, in that prophetic result that was released, Buari congratulated him. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. Karaba Shantala Makuri Bashita. We pray against violence of any kind. The security agents will take control of them, O oh Lord, and use them as instruments. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. Thank you, thou the ancient of these. In the name of Jesus. Can we pray for Mahmoud Yakubu? And all the wrecks, resident electoral commissioners, and all the INEC staff, both permanent staff and ad hoc staff, pray for the coppers that will be serving as agents, as workers under INEC, ad hoc staff. Every one of them will come under the appearance of the control of the heavens. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. Thank you, King of Jesus. Can we pray in the name of Jesus? Blessed be your King of Heaven. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Pray for the angelic presence in the control room. We control all the activities of INEC. Control Mahmoud Yakubu. And all the wrecks. They will declare results that the heavens have already declared. Not the contrary one. In the name of Jesus, pray that any politician that has arisen to trouble Nigeria, that this week we are entering, he will be in a state of coma. And it's not going to become normal until after the election. Pray. You can call names if you like. Pray that their money will fail them. Those their arrogant pride will fail them. That their place where they are putting their confidence, it will not work. The rigging principle that have served their purpose in the past, it will fail them this time around. Oh, 
In the name of Jesus. Finally, can we pray for the church? Let's pray for the church that we will stand in unity. The church across this nation, from the southwest, southeast, south, south, north, central, northeast, northwest, the church is going to speak with one voice. Whatever they call it, the former secretary of the federal government, yesterday he was talking. They told him, but you are one of the couple. He didn't deny. He said, yes, but I've repented. And he's talking about people to be with passion. So let us pray that the church will speak with one voice. Those who were speaking otherwise, they will repent. Some of the pastors that have been, you know, the first, first person, the other one that is um, out there having the, almost the biggest church in Europe, Coming to talk about people voting for Putebi and they'll be caused on them. People like that need to be forgiven by God. Don't they are talking about voting for Tinubu. We need such people to be forgiven and let the church speak with one voice. You understand? We need to pray for the church to speak with one voice. As we are going for this voting on the 25th, the church is going to vote in the same direction. We are praying for the youths. By the time the youths, the entire church, vote in the same direction, the result is obvious. Let's pray for the church. Let's pray for unity and oneness. In the church in Nigeria. In the name of Jesus. Father, by divine agreement and the unity of the bond of the Spirit, we stand as a church and we frustrate every satanic agenda against the church in Nigeria against the election on Saturday. We frustrate all demonic arrangements in the name of Jesus. We bind them with fetters. And we throw them into the Atlantic Ocean. And we command them to remain there until Jesus comes to judge them in the name of Jesus. Every demonic plan against the church in Nigeria. Every gang up to silence the church. Every attempt to silence the gospel. We frustrate in the name of Jesus. Every plan to kick the risen savior out of Nigeria. Every conspiracy to oppose religion of the son of the bond woman. Lord, we frustrate in the name of Jesus. Every attempt to ban the gospel from circulating. To ban the Bible from circulating. We command that they have a boomeranging effect. Let it move like wildfire across this nation in the name of Jesus. We pray that you scatter their leaders. Scatter them. Oh, King of God, we bind their feet leaders with chains and we scatter their followership. In the name of Jesus, every fulanization agenda, every Islamic agenda, we stop its functionality. In the name of Jesus, and we declare that the church will arise and move in power and in oneness. Because you said I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church in Nigeria in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jehovah, for hearing us. Take all the glory and all the praise because we are prayed in Jesus' name.